Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with Paul's instruction to children. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3 reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. This passage is the logical section to follow Paul's teaching to husbands and wives. Please follow along as Pastor Jim delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Spirit-Led Children. Now there's no room for debate on this. It says it right here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I remember when a friend of mine in seminary, um, he and his wife had their uh, their first child, and uh, as he as he grew up and he started speaking, he was a pretty gregarious little guy, and he was he, he was he was pretty verbal at a young age. And uh, my friend said, uh, "Jeremy, want to uh, tell tell Jim your memory verse?" And he said he, he he's memorized his first Bible verse. And he looked up at me and a big smile on his face. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's smart parenting. (laughs) Did he understand in the Lord? Uh, No. Did he know the Ten Commandments? No. Could he articulate the gospel? No. But he knew, that's the parent, I'm the child. They're in charge. I obey. That's where you start, and from there you build on it. But if you don't get past just obeying, then you're going to miss the most important thing of all. This is required by God's law, and it's a matter of respect as well as something given by God as a commandment. Now, here comes the famous quote. From Ephesians 20, verse 12 and Deuteronomy 5, 16, honor your father and mother. Then there's a little parenthetical editorial comment from Paul, which is the first commandment with a promise. That just means of the Ten Commandments, this is the first one that has a promise for those who keep it. Honor your father and mother, mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. The word honor means to treat with respect, with kindness, with courtesy, and with obedience according to who it is that you honor. In some places, this word honor, like in 1 Timothy chapter 5, it also includes financial support for for widows and for uh, elders who labor hard in in preaching and, and teaching. But it means to treat with respect. This same word is used for how we respond to uh, public officials. Uh, even if you don't agree with them, you still honor them. You still submit to them. 
And as one person said during the, the, the COVID thing, the, uh, James Coates, the pastor that went to jail for the, having the audacity to, to uh, keep the church open and let people choose whether they would come or not. And uh, he said, well, how do you, how do you both uh, submit to the government while you disobey the government? You honor them. He went cheerfully, sad, but he went, he went willingly to prison for doing the right thing. That's his honoring a public official, honoring, obeying, submitting to the governing authorities. Now, notice the contrast here between two words that are a tandem, obey and honor. Obey is the duty. Honor is the attitude underlying the duty. Um, in, back in Ephesians 5.33, Paul used it to speak concerning wives and husbands. In Romans 13.7, it's about public officials and the government. In Hebrews 13.7, it's used for the, the relationship between the elders and the congregation. The duty is to obey. The attitude is to honor. Uh, and by the way, um, it is significant in our day especially that Paul so brazenly quoted from the Ten Commandments. They were very important. They were very important in Jesus' teaching as well, not only Paul and the rest of the early church. And they were seen as just as crucial for Gentile Christians as they were for Jewish Christians. There is one pastor of a megachurch in America who has famously said that we should unhitch from the Old Testament. Um, that is the statement of someone who absolutely is in total flagrant opposition to Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say in John chapter 5, verse 39? You search the Scriptures. Well, now what Scriptures was He talking about? The Old Testament. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. If you unhitch the Old Testament, you unhitch three-fourths of the story of Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't cut that off. Paul quoted it, and he told kids to obey it. It's, a, it's an important thing to understand the law and the gospel, because the law is the backdrop for the gospel. Now, it's true, if you're talking about how to be saved, keeping laws won't do it. But it's crucial that we understand God's proper use of the law in our lives for the purpose of helping us deal with our sin. You know, the word gospel means good news, right? Well, the good news is set against the backdrop of the bad news. And the bad news is we're all sinners. We're, we're dead in our sin. We have no hope. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19 and verse 21. Same, same apostle Paul, he wrote, Why the law then? It has been added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. Yeah, it is a good thing to have your kids memorize Ephesians 6.1. 
start out with the demands of the law. And then your kid's going to find out, I'm not perfect at obeying mom and dad. And they're going to understand they need help. Just the law is there to teach us that we need a Savior. So we do well to teach God's laws to our children so that early in life they'll be driven by their own awareness of their sinfulness to seek the Savior. So he says, honor your father and mother, the first commandment with a promise. First one that had a promise there, you'll notice it worded a little bit differently here in the New Testament. In the Old Testament era, under the theocracy of Israel, it was so that you may live long in the land. God promised Israel, you obey my laws, I'm going to bless you in the land. You disobey my laws, I'm going to kick you out of the land. How did that work out? They disobeyed his laws, and God kicked them out of the land. And the whole point is to lead them to understand, you need a Savior. You need the new covenant, the one that has a Savior that takes away sins. So, look at the next verse. That it may be well with you, and that you may live long in the earth. So here's a question. How can we explain the existence of old, disobedient children and the fact that there are some obedient children who die young? Well, the answer is obedience and disobedience are not the only factors in determining the span of one's life. I don't think I would have made it to 12 if that was the only factor. But it's an important factor. Disobedience tends to lead toward an undisciplined life, which leads to vice and dissipation. Therefore, if all other things are equal, disobedience tends to shorten one life, and obedience tends to bring the blessing of a longer life. And um, though you can't tell it in English, that interpretation is right here in this verse in the Greek. Uh, this, this promise is stated in the subjunctive mood. That's the mood of uh, the grammatical mood that expresses possibility without certainty. In other words, this promise is a principle interwoven with other factors. And you have to say this, even if a disobedient child with a horrible attitude lives to be a hundred years old, it will never be well with him. So it will always be that that part of the promise is fulfilled. You do what God wants, it is well with you. It is well with your soul. Now I feel like that's kind of a shotgun that went off in seven or eight different directions. Let me see if we can draw a few conclusions here. First of all, I would say there are two boundaries to the obedience to parents. Honoring your parents never ceases. But the first boundary of obeying your parents is marriage. When you get married, Genesis chapter 2, you must leave former relationships and cleave to the new one. Leave and cleave are very strong words. And it means that you, you supplant one relationship and, with a new one. You're bound to the new one. You don't disown your parents when you get married. But the relationship changes, and they are no longer the number one relationship for you. Your wife or your husband is that primary relationship. That new home is the central part of your life. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.